0: The Sabres finally break their losing streak. We'll talk about the big win over Montreal and Tage Thompson keeps rolling. And I got to talk about how silly this development is getting for how good number 72 is for the Sabres. We'll talk about it when we come up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. The Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including our YouTube channel. Be sure to check us out on our YouTube channel, uh, Locked on Sabres. And actually that reminds me, I meant to bring up our YouTube channel for today's show because I wanted to get some comments uh, in on the show on our last episode, who would be the next Sabres scapegoat. Now, not as fun to talk about that subject matter today because we are the day after a big win over the Sabres seven to two. Boat race, the Montreal Canadiens. A fun game to watch, a fun game to talk about. We'll talk about it coming up here on the show and a little bit on Wednesday night's game against the St. Louis Blues, where the Sabres will be wearing their black and red alternates for the first time this year. I got my Butter Knives hoodie on to celebrate. Super excited. I'm going to be in the crowd. I cannot wait to see the Sabres in these uniforms. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. A Tage Thompson revenge game of sorts against St. Louis. But to get our fans involved in the conversation, our listeners involved in the conversation. We will pull up some of the comments from our last show where I asked if this season turns on its head, the way it has been the last couple of weeks, who will be scapegoated? There is no longer an Eichel. There is no longer a Reinhardt or an O'Reilly or a Ristolainen or a coach that really fits perfectly for this or a GM that really fits perfectly for it. Um, Philip Gibson replied to our show with I'm still firmly in Kevin Adams corner. He's made the right moves. This losing streak. He's he's made is not on him. He has the plan going with youth uh, at the start of the skid. It was injuries to the defense. Samuelson finally getting back is helpful tonight. They turned the tide. Philip called it. They did turn the tide and they did that with the help of Matias Samuelson. Um, and. Michael Andrew also replied with, "The stars are good. It should not be put on Darlene or Tuck or Thompson. Everyone else is average at best. Krebs is not existent. Middlestat needs to go. Middlestat's getting a lot of this. I think he's kind of a an easy polarizing player because he was a high draft pick and he has not lived up to expectations." Um, he's just kind of a guy, though, at this point. He's not really important, I think, to the future. He's just kind of there, and he'll chip in once in a while, and he'll frustrate you once in a while, and that's just kind of Casey Middlestat at this stage in the game. The Sabres, though, do bounce back after we talked about who would be the next scapegoat, and it's a big win over Montreal, 7-2. It was a get-right game, and they did get right, and they did it with their top line. The Sabres... Top line of Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, and Alex Tuck are unstoppable. And they looked that way every time they were on the ice against Montreal. Jeff Skinner finishes this game with five points, two goals, and three assists on only 15 minutes of ice time. Tage Thompson, four point night, one goal, and three. Three assists and Alex talk with a three point night, one goal, and two assists. They were the stars for the Sabres uh, against Montreal. And they, Montreal had no answers for what that line was doing. Thompson was creating, Thompson was really generating a lot of this play. And I want to start with him because the development of Thompson is to me the story of the season so far, even beyond the Sabres being right back near the bottom of the standings. The story is Thompson. Thompson is the most interesting thing about the team. His development is crazy. It is mind-blowing, and it is approaching, if not exceeding, Josh Allen levels of stunning, that he has become what he has become. And when I say that, I think Thompson might actually have cleared the bar. Those are the two athletes for me, What growing up Buffalo sports fan, every athlete I've ever seen. Those are the two guys that I'm more stunned than any from what they were and what they developed into. Josh Allen was reckless, inaccurate, showed up. He was a crazy good athlete. He was a high pick, but reckless inaccuracy. And he turned into the best or the second best quarterback in the National Football League. And Tate Thompson maybe has even exceeded that because Thompson was not the draft pick Allen was. Allen was the seventh overall pick. He was a highly thought of prospect. Some wanted to pick him first. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks tried to move up in the first overall pick that year and pick Allen first overall. Highly thought of prospect, even though it was a polarizing pick. Tage Thompson was late first round pick did almost nothing in his first season with the St. Louis Blues, did nothing in his second season with the Buffalo Sabres, was in the was in the AHL in his third year, and then boom, explosion. There's Tage Thompson. He I had a stat on him last night. Thompson now has 23 points in his last 12 games. It took Thompson 117 NHL games to get to 23 points. Thompson has as many points in the last 12 games as he had in his first 117 games in the NHL. That is how mind bending his development has been. And he's doing it at center. We always have to include that, right? Just mention that over the top, because if you took a Sabre fan two years ago and brought him into the future, or you went back in time to talk to him and you said, hey, Tage Thompson. He's on pace for 112 points. He's on pace for 56 goals. Oh, by the way, he's a center. He's a center now. Him being the potential number one center replacement for Jack Eichel is, I'm running out of adjectives to describe it. It's incredible. It's crazy. And he does look to me like Eichel when he's out there, doesn't he? The way he shields the puck away, uses his body, his shot, his his stick handling, like the way even he just does does those those little toe drags, it's very similar. Uh, just his movements are similar to Eichel to me, and maybe I'm trying to you know force him in as oh he's Eichel's replacement, he's Eichel's replacement, and that's with my own brain doing that. But I really think he looks like Eichel out there, the way he plays. Uh, the results also like I almost want to couch it and say I know he's not as good as Eichel, but can I even say that? That's the crazy question. Can I even say right now? Tage Thompson is not as good as Jack Eichel. Tage Thompson is not living up to everything they need from a legit number one center. Because that was going to be the big question mark when they traded Eichel, when they traded Reinhardt, when they when they made all these moves to start over. Who's the number one center going to be? Because the Sabres were chasing for decades a legit number one center, a star number one center. And that's why they tanked. Now your number one center goes away in a trade. Who's going to fill that in? And there were a bunch of guys, right? Like Dylan Cousins. Oh, he's got the potential to do it. Could be him. Matthew Savoy's got the potential to do it. Could be him. Peyton Krebs. middle step, probably a little bit further down the list on that one. But Thompson was in that. And even after last year as a goal scorer. But, I don't know, he needed to take another step as a playmaker in order to be a great number one center. Last year, Thompson was just a great goal scorer. And that was perfect. It worked. 38 goals. Unbelievable. But only 30 assists. You're not going to be a number one center in the NHL with 68 points. You're not going to be a number one center in the NHL with 30 assists. You're a number two center if you're that, even if you score 38 goals. Just because your number one center's got to be your best playmaker on the team. And I'm not sure Thompson's the best playmaker on the team. Maybe that title goes to Daleen But he's taken a big step forward with his vision, with his passing. He gets three assists on the night, setting up Jeff Skinner. Uh, talk in past games. Like he's, he's, his eyes have opened and he's still scoring goals. But now it's not just, okay, I got to my spot and I'm shooting. I've got to my sh- spot and I'm going to make the, uh, he is shooting a lot. But I think his ability as a playmaker taking this big step forward uh, is the reason why we're talking about him being a legit number one center for the Sabres for a long time. And I don't really think that sounds crazy anymore. I, maybe my expectations are too high, but. I don't know. I I think that's how good he looks right now. And I think it's worthy of this type of praise of him being declared. Okay. This could be our number one center of the future. Um, And they don't need Matthew Savoy to show up and be that they don't need cousins to develop into that because they've already got a guy and he was already in the system. So unbelievable Thompson just, it continues to get, crazier and crazier. He's eighth in the NHL in scoring now, uh, 26 points. That is tied with Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon. He's tied with Nathan McKinnon uh, in points scored this year. Uh, Dimitri Filipovic uh, tweeted out, uh, Thompson's last 13 games. He has 12 goals, 11 assists, 127 shot attempts, 78 shots on goal, 35 high-danger scoring chances. What else can you say? I mean, there's so many numbers that just describe how good he is. But for you, I mean, the, the best numbers might just be that he's on pace for 112 points. Um, so good on you, Tage Thompson. Sabers against the Canadians. Couple other stats from this game to run through real quick. By the way, if you couldn't tell, I'm making Thompson the goat head of the night uh, here on Goathead Day for his performance against the uh, Canadians. He was the game's number one star. Sabers were the better team in this game. Outshot Montreal 38 to 31. To me, it was never in doubt that they were the better team in this game. They get off to a three-goal lead within two minutes in—I think it was two minutes and fifteen seconds—the second fastest the Sabers have gotten out to a three-goal lead in franchise history. Uh, Montreal responded right after. It was a wild game to start. Three to one in the first three minutes of the game is crazy, um, and the Sabers—you know—they kept to it. They didn't let Montreal get back in that game. Um, Jeff Skinner also got to love him just ratcheting things up at the end scores a seven to two goal. And he's screaming at the Canadians because they had just cross-checked them for no reason on that shift when the game was already out of hand. Uh, Sabres, by the way, in this game, if you're wondering about some of the advanced numbers, they did deserve the win. Um, Shot attempts: sixty-two percent of the shot attempts went to the Sabers. Fifty-one to thirty-one uh, score. This is at five-on-five scoring chances in this game at five-on-five. Five, the Sabers thirty-three, Montreal fifteen. High danger chances thirteen for the Sabers and six for Montreal. Expected goals for sixty-nine point five percent in favor of Buffalo. We'll take a timeout here. When we come back, let's put this. Season back into perspective for just a moment before we get to Sabres and Blues. And I've got some bets I like for uh, Wednesday night's games. So that's all ahead here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. And we are presented by Athletic Greens with one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole four food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I use the drops. I put them in my water. There's a couple of different ways that you can do it. I do that. Super easy. You put one one drop in there. You don't even notice that it's there. You would never, ever notice that it's there, but you're getting all those vitamins and all that good stuff. Or you can do the shakes. You can use the AG1 powder. Super tasty. Really good. Uh, I make that a part of my weekly routine uh, as well. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, daily free or gluten free. It's less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's certainly cheaper than my cold brew habit. Uh, You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. The Sabres with the win are now 8-11 on the season, not what fans would have hoped. And they do snap the eight game losing streak. There was an eight game losing streak though. And that's going to be tough. I mean, making the playoffs when you already are kind of dig out of what you've become and you start with an eight game losing streak, that's it's tough. It's tough to come back from. And we'll see if the Sabres can have a real season here. It's going to be very difficult for them to do so. But I will say this. I think they're better than their record. And I think there are a couple of different ways to look at that, that they are better than their record. One is just looking at their goal differential. They have a positive goal differential. Yeah. that like The Sabres have outscored their opponents this season. Plus one. It's only plus one, but after a five goal win over Montreal, they are now plus one on the season. And I don't think that has to mean nothing. It doesn't have to just mean, oh, they ran up the score on a couple of teams. Like those goals count. And they are that. I think they can be that good a team at times. I mean, the Pittsburgh game, this Montreal game, um, Ottawa, like they, they have had games where they've looked dynamite and those goals count and they get credit for that. So the goal differential is point number one, that they are plus one second. Their advanced numbers look good. Their possession numbers look good. Their shot attempt numbers in particular look incredible. Now, it's a lot of shots from the outside that kind of play into this shot attempts from the outside. But the Sabres right now, in Corsi 4 percentage, which is just shot attempt, shot attempt share. The Sabres are at 53.6%. That is fifth in the National Hockey League. The only teams better than them in those cat in that category. Calgary, Florida, New Jersey, and Carolina. Now, as I said, the quality of these attempts is why. That number's a little bit inflated, but that's why we have expected goals for percentage, which puts all of that together and comes it out and brings it out with one number and expected goals for percentage. The Sabres are at 50.6%, which is right in line with the goal differential is, and that is good for 15th in the NHL. And that is where I believe they are. That's how good I believe they are. Now, that doesn't matter in the standings. They could miss the playoffs very easily, being, you know, even the 10th best team in expected goals for because that's not where the standings are decided. But I think it helps fans determine and decide how good is this team really and are they as bad as that eight-game losing streak. 15th in the league this season in expected goals for, to me, means – and my eyes tell the same story – They're a middle-of-the-pack team in the NHL. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad team. I truly believe, to my soul, that this Sabres team is not bad, that they are not – I don't think they're great either, but I don't think they're going to finish at the bottom of the standings. I don't think they're going to be in the lottery chase for Connor Bedard. I don't think that they're going to be lower point-total-wise than where they were last year at 76. I think that it might be frustrating – They're going to be somewhere in the middle and that's still an improvement over what they've been. But I think they're still going to land around that low to mid 80 point total, which was always really their most realistic outcome. And what that means is even though they're not bad and even though they're not going to be in the tank race at the end of the year, they probably won't be in the playoff race either because that eight game losing streak is going to really crush them. They could be the 15th best team the rest of the way. And because of that eight-game losing streak, they're really never going to come that close to playoff contention. Um, but I, I do think, you know, the, the top line is really a lot of it for me. Like, why are they, in my mind, good? Why are they not a bad team? I think a couple of different reasons. One, Matias Samuelson being back on the blue line is enormous. And you'd like to be in a spot where you're not so reliant on one player like that. But when Samuelson is healthy, this blue line is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Darlene is a, is almost that Norris-caliber defenseman. Samuelson is a great defensive defenseman. He's already way exceeding that contract. We talk about Thompson's contract and like that looking good already, but Samuelson's contract, he's playing like a $6 million defenseman and he's making just over four. Uh, maybe he's even playing like a $7 million defenseman, honestly. So Samuelson, his return and his absence before, for me is a big reason why they are a middle of the pack team. Their blue line has not been as good um, on the ice as what it can be because of all their injuries Two, they have a dominant first line and that is huge. The Thompson Skinner tuck line has been so good that it will be able to carry them in games. Now they're going to have to get one or two other lines that, kind of rotate, stepping up, you know, whether it's that Cousins line with Paterka and uh, Quinn, which they did a little of that against Montreal, whether it's a middle stat led line, whether it's something with Hino Strosa, a line where a log line of sorts, an Asplund, uh, Gurgens is a Poso line, which I still like when everybody's healthy as a combination. Um, they got to figure out some of the depth forward positions, but, and they got to figure out goaltending. And we'll see if Luka can give them anything on that front. He'll probably start, uh, I'll imagine, against St. Louis. But goaltending they got to figure out. Depth forward they got to figure out. But I think there's a solid foundation here for the Sabers that allows them to be a middle of the pack team with a dominant first line and a dominant first pairing and a, as good a second pairing as they have if they've had this entire playoff drought. Henry Okiharu can be an anchor at times, but Owen Power on the second pair makes any second pair of the Sabres would put with him the best second pair they've had during this playoff drought. He's been enormous. Um, There was a stat, actually, I wanted to reference on power that I saw today. I believe it was from uh, Megan Chayka. Uh, It was entry passes per game. Entry passes per game. I'll put this up on our screen uh, on our YouTube channel. Roman Yossi, number one. Eric Carlson, number two. Owen Power with 1.11 entry passes per game in all situations, third, third among defensemen in the NHL. Not even defensemen, I guess. I guess that's for all players, but it's probably going to be a defensive heavy stat. So look at the look at the names on that list: Roman Yossi, Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty, Morgan Riley, and boom, there's Owen Power right in the middle of them. Uh, so Power is big for this as well. But all in all, all I'm meaning to say here is I think the Sabers are better than their record. I do think they're a middle of the pack team, and I think. Uh, we're going to see some positive regression here after uh, an eight game losing streak. When we come back, we'll talk about the Blues game and these incredible jerseys the Sabres are going to wear. I can't wait for it uh, and uh, hope you enjoyed the game. Hope to see me there, but uh, we'll talk about it, preview it. I got some bets I like for this game when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. We are presented by betonline.com. Net BetOnline.net your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, you get the World Cup going on right now. Esports even they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. Sabres and Blues, and it is the debut of the Buffalo Sabres Black and Red Goathead Alternates for the first time. And it I think it's going to be emotional for me. It's going to be the first time that these uniforms are worn since... Game six against the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. Daniel Briere scored an overtime winning goal to force a game seven. I don't remember what happened after that. Nobody needs to remember what happened after that. But the last time these black goat head jerseys were worn on home ice was that game. Game six in 2006. It's been a very long time, but we finally made it. After years and years of fans of my generation that grew up with the black and red, as the Sabres yelling for it, screaming for it, pleading for it. It finally happened and credit to the Sabres because this is twice. Now they've done this where fans have asked for jerseys. Sabres fans asked for years for Royal blue and they finally got it. And then for years, Sabre fans of my generation have asked for black and red jerseys and they finally got it. So the Sabres are listening to their fans. And I, I appreciate, I think fans appreciate that uh, at least on some level. So in this game, it's gonna it's gonna be emotional, right? Like I grew up with the Sabers being black and red with a goat head, and I truly thought that they would never wear them again. And here they are; they're gonna be worn as their alternates. They're gonna be worn a dozen times. They're probably gonna be, they're gonna be worn next year too, I believe, if the if I understand the jersey rules correctly. So it's gonna be awesome. There's no way they can lose this game wearing black and red. There is no way they can lose this game, and luckily they're not playing a very good team. The Sabres have a pretty good chance of winning tonight. Although, I got to get it through my mind that I, I got to update myself on this. So, apologies. I've been saying all year, the Blues aren't that good. The Blues aren't that good. The Blues aren't that good. I got to get through my head. They have won seven in a row. That's happened. The Blues have won seven in a row. So, when I say that, like, I'll tell you. I'll even put it up. The reason I said, oh, the Blues are still not that good a team. I was looking at the expected goals for page still. At Natural Stat Trick, where I told you the Sabers were fifteenth, and there's the Blues sitting down there at nineteenth. But they have gotten the results lately. They've a seven-game win streak is is big for them. But they still have a negative goal differential on the season at minus six. Again, as you mentioned, they're nineteenth and expected goals for ten and eight on the season. And they had a slow start, but they're back on track getting the results as of late. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, he's up to eight points on the season after almost nothing to start the year. Eight points at 18 games. We have reached the stage of the O'Reilly trade where the Sabres are going to be ahead from here on out. And as I said, it'll never be a win for the Sabres outright because St. Louis got what they wanted. They won a cup, and O'Reilly was the best player when they won the cup. But Thompson's a way better player right now, and Thompson's also a way younger player right now. So from here on out, you'd rather have the Sabres side. Blues got what they wanted, but from here on out, the Sabres will get what they want. Uh, So O'Reilly in this game tonight. Thompson with a little bit of a revenge game against the Blues. I always look – does anyone else do this? I seek out what Blues people are saying about Thompson on Twitter. And it's all glowing. Like, I'm not to say that, like, oh, like, you know, want to bury them and, oh, you gave us Thompson. I'm just kind of curious to see what their reaction is to a player that they probably thought, wasn't going to become anything, becoming what he's become, and it's a lot of the same. Blues fans just can't believe it. They're like, like they're, it's a lot of good for Thompson and good for the Sabers. Like I don't feel any animosity ever really towards this, but it's always bewilderment. Like, hold, can you believe what Tage Thompson has become? Kind of like what Saber fans do too. So for this game, uh, the Sabers will be starting. Uh, likely Uka Pekalukin in net, in given that Craig Anderson played last night. Jordan Bennington is expected to be between the pipes for the St. Louis Blues. It's kind of, you know, a lot of. Uh, players that you're used to in St. Louis uh, over the past two years here. Tori Krug on the back end, Justin Falk. Uh, you've got Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly up front. But as you'll remember from last season, they kind of had a youth takeover. Jordan Cairo um, and Robert Thomas, like this new wave of blues, uh, started to take over the core of their team. So for this game, the Sabres are a slight underdog. And that a lot I think has to do with the Blues' winning streak. So at BetOnline.net, the Sabers are plus 127 on the money line to win this hockey game. The Blues are minus 140 to win the game outright on the puck line. If you want the Sabers plus a goal and a half, so either to lose by one or win the game minus 195, you'd have to bet 195 to win 100. The over/under for this game is at six and a half uh, with being minus one Oh six on the over minus one Oh four on the under and one prop bet I love. I don't necessarily have a super strong opinion on any of those. I guess I would take Sabres money line, just uh, an emotional high, which is usually the wrong way to bet because they're wearing black and red. But the one bet I love in this game, it almost feels like free money and I will be taking it is Tage Thompson over four and a half shots. In this game. That's right. I'm going shots on goal prop bet. Thompson is minus 110 to have over four and a half shots. Here's how many shots Thompson's had uh, in the last few games eight against Montreal, nine against Toronto, six against Ottawa, six against Vancouver, four against Boston, eight against Vegas. He is crushing these overs on shots every single game. I'm going Thompson over four and a half shot attempts. That is my bet of the night uh, for this game against the St. Louis blues. That is going to do it for me though. Today on the show, I can't wait to see these black and red jerseys on the ice again. I it's going to be, emotional for me it'll be emotional i think for a lot of saber fans uh of uh, of my age group so thanks everybody for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow hopefully after a sabers win excuse me we will not talk to you tomorrow we'll talk to you on friday because tomorrow it's thanksgiving so have a happy thanksgiving uh and we'll talk to you friday hopefully after a sabers win uh, here on the lockdown sabers podcast with joe dibiase thanks for making us your first listen every day be sure To make your next listen, Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reaction, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.